The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Which coast? Traveling east to west. Aaron laughed. No, oh, he what did it. No. <laughs> Mark Gunnels. At the house on it. Chiefs coast to coast. Having snow days, school getting all, canceled. All the time. It was a great feeling. <laughs> yeah. Used to watch the ticker at the bottom on the news channel. Like, man, I hope they announce my school district on there. They called it kind of early. Like, they called it, I think KCPS called it, like, it was, like, 7 o'clock, and they were like, no school tomorrow, which I, like, make the kids sweat a little bit, at least. Like, you know, maybe make them wake up. I had to wake the morning of. Exactly. You know what I mean? (laughs) That was, like, a true snow day when it's, like, you wake up, and then it's, like, actually, no school today. You can get to go back to bed, or you get to do something (laughs) different, like. What you you know about this, man? You you grew up in, in Georgia. You don't know about this, man. I don't know nothing about this, man. We got like two inches well, of snow when when I was in high school. We were out for like two or three days, to be honest well, with you. Like, I was gonna say, did you have any snow days at Mizzou? Oh, uh, we had a couple. Yeah, okay. we had a couple. We did have a couple of Mizzou snow days, and I mean, you know how it is now with virtual learning. It, it, it there is, I mean, there is no real yeah. snow day. Like they'll throw something on Blackboard. Yeah, or they'll throw right, something right. on the <laughs> on the tablet that you got to look at. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Let me send out this post or, or, or on X real quick. Maybe some people are, are snow day scrolling through social media and see the Coast to Coast boys up here and want to talk Chiefs with us. We're previewing wild card weekend. It's going to be a chilly wild card weekend. My goodness. We can't catch a break. <laughs> this would definitely, I'm sure, be the coldest game that you've ever been to in your life. I hope it's the coldest game I ever go to. I don't want to expect. I'm. I'm <laughs> Look, you know how I, I get on this podcast. It's always a, it's always a blessing to go cover the National Football League. This is playoff football too, Mark. Like this is this is winner go home elimination time. Two of the best teams in the AFC, but zero degrees, <laughs> wind chill of negative nine. Not built for it. Oh man! <laughs> Not oh man! It. How was Mav's birthday, man? I saw I saw you celebrating. I saw you celebrating the. Uh, the fourth, the big, the big four. You get Mavs getting old on us. Yeah, it was great. Uh, his grandparents are actually out here from Kansas City. They're probably happy they're out here 
they picked the perfect time. <laughs> the perfect time to be out here. Uh, birthday landed at a great time for them. But uh, yeah, they're out here. They leave tomorrow. They've been out for about a week now. So uh, yeah. you know, we had the birthday party at at his his other grandparents' house that lives out here in L.A. Had a whole setup. Had the the slide and the jump. It was like construction theme. Yeah, that was cute. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like that. So yeah, I saw you with the hard hat on. Oh uh, yeah, he had his friends from from preschool <laughs> popped up. You know, they were eating cake and ice cream, running around, had a good time, man. So, and you know, his birthday being on January eighth, he kind of gets that double whammy. He gets the Christmas and the birthday, and they're not like too close to where you could like combine them together because it's two weeks. <laughs> it's two weeks apart. So you, so you to, did two separate gifts, is what you say. You had yeah, to do so a like Christmas now, gift. Yeah. So we have all these toys around the house. I'm looking at it right now. We gotta find more room for it, man. It's crazy. I guess that's what life is like when you have Mark Gunnels cooking up the plays and and, and winning the birthday gifts. <laughs> yeah, he's a big he's a big Paw Patrol guy. That's what's up. One last thing before we get to Chiefs. Of course, we'll talk Chiefs. Appreciate y'all tapping in with us. Daniel Berry on YouTube already said, yo, wherever you're watching, wherever you're listening, if you're the audio audience on the podcast, appreciate y'all rocking with us. Chiefs Coast to Coast, episode 72. What happened in Allen Fieldhouse, man? Why, why they can't win honestly? Why, why can't they win honestly, man? Because I, I saw you on social media talking like, oh, well, well that, you were kind of scratching the back. You were like, oh, well. We got one, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, the power of Allen Fieldhouse definitely cannot deny it. Um, that was a bad, bad flagrant call. I, <laughs> but I'll take it. <laughs> it's uh, it's college basketball season, of course. It's playoff NFL season as well. Let's get into it, man. Chiefs Coast to Coast, episode 72. Mark Gunnels is out in L.A. Aaron Ladd here in a snowy KC. So is Steven Serta behind the board. We're briefly, briefly, briefly breaking down another Chiefs win here on Chiefs Coast to Coast. Mostly backups. Starters didn't play. Mark, I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't even watch it, man. I was off Sunday. I, I, I couldn't even. I watched like the first half and then. The second half was watching me. So I, I did some recap. I did my homework. We'll talk about week 18, but we'll mostly put a bow on the regular season. We'll look back at the regular season totals for the offense, the defense, and then look ahead, of course, to wildcard weekend as Tyreek Hill makes his return to GHA Field at Arrowhead Stadium. Can't have Chiefs Coast to Coast without you all, the fam, the listeners, the audience, the voicemail line. Two more voicemails this week. As we preview the playoffs for Patrick Mahomes and company, 816-514-1267 is our voicemail line. Let's get into the Chiefs recap. Mahomes avoids. He's a magician. Chiefs recap. DMAC on YouTube said Snowy KC is putting it nicely. Yeah, it, it was Mark Gunnels out in L.A., and so were the Chiefs securing a 13-12 to win over Easton Stick in the Los Angeles Chargers, mostly backups. I don't have a lot of notes from this one, as I mentioned, Mark Gunnels, but I think the coolest thing in the aftermath of Week 18 was Chris, Chris Jones getting his money. We started off the year talking about him. Not showing up. When was he going to show up? Sitting in the box seat with the agents. There was jokes for days. I remember being at the Ronald McDonald house and just trying to understand why he was not in camp and what the what the whole holdup was going to be. But 
he puts a, bo- a bookmark on the regular season, getting that sack, getting that incentive, and just seeing the whole team celebrate. I thought that was really cool. So that's my big takeaway from this win uh, that gets the Chiefs their 11th win of the year. Chris Jones gets his money. Yeah, and leading up to that sack, I don't know if you saw my post on X. I got it right that time. I was very adamant. Take him out the game. Like, why is he still playing? Especially after halftime, I thought for sure he was, okay, let you play a whole half. You didn't get it. You got close a couple times. But after seeing how it unfolded and seeing the reaction, now I'm actually happy that it did happen the way it did. Because I, I think it is a big deal as far as seeing the joy back on this team. We saw it the week before when they were playing Swag Surf. Willie Gay requested that in the whole defense, the whole stadium. Even Aaron Ladd was seen Swag Surfing on the sidelines during that Bengals game. So <laughs> I, I just think, uh, you know, throughout the year, we've seen Mahomes act out of character for him, you know, yelling at refs, you know, throwing his helmet and, you know, saying words that we cannot repeat on this kid-friendly show. So <laughs> I think when you consider all of that, Travis Kelsey throwing his helmet down and uh, looking very angry and upset a lot, of, like an old grumpy man. I it's been a lot of frustrations this year for sure. And I think the last two weeks, though, you're starting to see a little more joy. And I think that can go a long way for this team, especially now heading into the playoffs, going against the Miami Dolphins team that you already beat earlier in the year. So I I do think it speaks volumes to how much this locker room loves Chris Jones, you know, how much they embrace him. Obviously, he has a big personality. Uh, He's very good with the media, gives you guys good quotes and things of that nature. So Gave a good one today, too. I'm sure we'll get into a little bit later uh, about Arrowhead. But, yeah, I thought that was a good moment. Another takeaway for me was something that I think you could maybe see moving forward. I know exactly where you're going with this one. I know exactly where you're going with this one. McCall Hardman. (laughs) Are y'all DMing again? Or did you did you did you DM after the game? Like, hey, good game, big bro. Hey, hey about time they gave you the snaps that you deserve. <laughs> I'm I'm not I'm not disclosing any of my DM affairs that's no nasty. more. That's that's nasty. I, I'm keeping that private. But <laughs> no, but seriously though, I mean, this is something that I think you've even advocated for. You know, just to see him out there a little bit more in real games. You know, a guy that's. Familiar with the system, obviously, has that speed, you know, give you some yak, and he could be a deep ball threat as well. So I, I do think that was a great sign in the right direction because we haven't seen him play in over a month. So I thought yeah. that was – and he played every single snap. Did you see that, Aaron? <laughs> he played 100% of the snaps. Yeah, the final line from McCall Hartman, 11 targets, 6 catches, 77 yards. I saw somewhere it was the second-best stat line – for a nine Rasheed Rice receiver for the entire season for Kansas City, which is kind of insane. I, I A little reporting, but not full reporting. Don't aggregate me on this. But I did hear when he went to IR that he wasn't as hurt as like he could. Like he could have played before four games. But essentially they were in this purgatory where they didn't know who their guys were and they were shrinking the lineup. This whole talk about them trying to get down and pare down the offense but I had heard that he could have come back within that that four-game span. It doesn't surprise me that he comes back, like you said, plays the full allotment of snaps. And I do have the full Chiefs offensive snap count for Week 18. Blaine Gabbert played the full 58. 
P Ryan 47, CEH 11, Blake Bell 41, Noah Gray 27, McCole Hartman, as you mentioned, played the full 58. Richie James played 48, Justin Ross 38, Justin Watson 18. And then there's some offensive lineman numbers that we can uh, kind of skip by for the purpose of this argument. But I thought it was, I thought it was good to see. Look, and maybe it does tell us, as, as you mentioned, and kind of to your point, like, he figures into what they want to do in the playoffs. Like he's a guy that fills a role. And we talked about this when they traded for him. He's a known commodity. They trust him. Maybe we can all have this argument and say the ceiling is low. He's kind of a high floor, uh, low ceiling type of option or weapon in this offense. Um, but he, he can produce and he did so in this game. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think another point I have about the offense kind of picking back on well, not picking back, but the guy that was throwing him the ball, Blaine Gabbert, yeah. a guy that went to your school, Mizzou. The Chiefs need a new backup quarterback next year. Um, <laughs> you know, I think you got a little spoiled there with Chad Henney, a guy that came in relief a couple times when Mahomes needed a drive or two. If, I mean, knock on wood, hopefully you don't have to be in that situation this year in the playoffs, but do you have that confidence in Blaine Gabbert to put together a couple drives if you need to? Uh, I would have liked to have seen. I would have liked to have seen Aludakan or or Oladokin, I think is how you pronounce it. But I think that's what a lot of people were saying with uh, Shane Bucell. Like they want a little bit more of a mobile quarterback. Blaine had the long run in the second half, but I, I can see what you're saying on that. Let's get back to Chris Jones really quickly. I want to hear from him. You tease that sound. Um, Chris Jones got the sack to get to double digit sacks on Easton Stick in the win over. Uh, the Chargers, but looking ahead to this game against Miami, Chris Jones took the podium here on Tuesday. Remember, this is a faster week because they're playing on Saturday. Chris Jones talked from the podium on Tuesday and had a very interesting soundbite, a very interesting soundbite. Listen to this, Mark, and I want to get your opinion on this. More so is the goal. Um, you usually reflect after, right? It's like after it's all done, you kind of reflect on what's the next chapter for you. Um for the team, you know, I try not to think about it. Could be my last uh, last game in Arrowhead, who knows? You know, but most importantly, we got a game to play. We're trying to make a deep run in this playoffs, and if it is my last time, then we got to make it worthwhile. I love that he had the media access sticker on. Chris is just embracing his last, it sounds like his last little uh, couple months in the team facility. I think that, that that's what that sounded like to me. Sounded like a guy who's stopping to smell the roses a little bit. Yeah, and I don't think this really is a shock to anybody in the kingdom. I think for a majority of Chiefs fans, they've come at peace and accepted the fact that this will most likely be Chris Jones last year in a Kansas City Chiefs uniform because you obviously have him coming up and Legereus Sneed. You likely cannot pay both of these guys. I think you could pay, pay one or the other. And with Chris Jones turning 30, the Jerry Sneed's only 26-ish. It's been arguably the best corner in the league this year. I, I think they're going to lean towards that way. And he shouldn't be as expensive, obviously, as Chris Jones will be. So, I mean, yeah, it's it's very – it's kind of sad, you know, as a Chiefs fan, obviously, because this is a guy that's going to be in the ring of honor one day. You know, the, the best defensive player during this Mahomes era – a potential future Hall of Famer. So you do look at him in a high regard. But I do think he kind of soured on the fan base with the whole situation, his agents before the year, 
you know, that image of him in the press box week one yeah. while his brothers are out there fighting. Kelsey didn't play that game, but he was still on the sideline coaching his guys up. I think that really was kind of like the last straw for a lot of Chiefs fans. But obviously you want him to contribute to this last playoff run and hopefully get another Super Bowl championship. Let's change course with our Chiefs recap and kind of recap the regular season. Since that's done with, Chiefs will look ahead to the playoffs, and of course we'll look ahead to the playoffs in the Miami matchup a little bit later in the show. But we have our final season totals and kind of season notes for KC now that 18 weeks are in the book. And I want to start with the good, the bad, and the ugly. The good for Kansas City being this year, of course, Kansas City's defense, Mark. I mean, where would they be without their defense? A lot of good notes this week from Matt McMullen, who is – the senior team reporter for the Kansas City Chiefs. Casey's defense finished with the regular season, finished the regular season with the second fewest offensive points allowed for any team in the NFL. Only Baltimore allowed fewer. They also racked up 57 sacks on the year, trailing also the Ravens as well. 15 different Chiefs recorded at least half a sack for Kansas City's defense. If you're recapping this year, the good, the bad, the ugly, like, this is a defensive football team now that has kind of carried the offense through 18 weeks, and we'll see if they can continue to do that in these cold temperatures on Saturday, Mark. Yeah, you mentioned the sack totals, and how about that? This is back-to-back years where they finished second in sacks last year behind only the Eagles, and like you said, this year behind the Ravens. And I don't think it's a coincidence that both of those years happened to be the first two years of Joe Colon as a defensive line coach. You know, you brought him from Jacksonville. He's a guy that him and Chris Jones have a really good relationship. And I I think that goes a long way uh, to giving him some credit for that as well. And then we'll be remiss if we didn't bring up Charles Amenahu. Yeah. He's been on a tear, man. Seven sacks and he missed six games. So, I mean, if he plays all, what, 17 games, you could project he gets double-digit sacks, right? It's only three more, only three in six games. I think that's fair to say he could have got that. So, yeah, he's been a very, very welcome sight. He was a guy that I was pretty high on before the year because, you know, I think he got overlooked a little, little bit because he was in San Francisco, and they're known for having a deep defensive line rotation. They can go eight, nine deep. I mean, they picked up freaking Chase Young before the trade deadline this year as well to yeah. add to that. So, you know, I think he kind of got lost in the shuffle there. But he's a guy that's only 26 years old entering his prime. I don't, I don't think you've seen the best of a minute who yet, which should be exciting considering you're probably going to lose Chris Jones after this year. What do you think of FAU? I'm going off script here. What, what do you think of FAU? He got his most extended uh, run in this game, week 18. We're still recapping that game kind of. What do you think of his run? He actually had a couple of uh, splash plays. He had two tackles for losses. I think he had three total. He had a, a couple of pressures, no quarterback hits, but – I mean, it's one of those things, right? When you're a first-round pick, you get this label instantly that you have to have instant success. And it's not always like that for every first-round pick. I mean, we see that first-round pick label still following CEH to this day. People are still holding him to that. Oh, he's a first-round pick. You're supposed to be this and that. Context matters, Mark. Context definitely matters. Yeah, but... This was a different type of first-round pick, in my opinion, because you already had pretty good depth there. And I also think the fact that George Karloftis did pretty good last year swayed people's minds into thinking, 
oh, we got another first round edge. He's going to produce like a George. <laughs> but I never even expected him to play that much this year to begin with. So I, I'm I'm kind of on the yellow light lad on FAU. I see people things of that nature. I'm like, no, let's calm down. I've heard the the one that they're using a lot now is PR stunt. That's like the one that they like. He's from Kansas City. It was the drop was in Kansas City. Let's get the hometown kid. I mean, I'm so tired of reading. That's how you know I'm like aggressively online in the Chiefs community because like they use like stuff like that as like a slight. It's like <laughs> everybody in front of him is balling. Like 15 guys. I don't think we understand that stat. Like 15 guys get at least half a sack. You know what kind of depth that shows for this unit? Like we were begging. Like you, like to your point, this is two years in a row where they've been top two in, in sacks. Like three years ago, we were begging for them to get pressure on the quarterback. Even when we started this year, we were like, oh, maybe it'd be nice if Carlos Dunlap came back, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you're no longer in that pool. Now you're in a position where, it, like, you're about to lose a Chris Jones, and you can still feel like, hey, we've had an FAU sitting and learning. And, like, he's a guy that's really young, too. Uh, sort of, can you pull his age? I think it's, like, 20. Or, like, he's, like, 21, if not. Like, give it time. Be patient. I'm cool with the yellow light lad. On FAU. Some more season totals. Let's talk about bad. It's the Justin Watson, MVS, Kadarius Tony, Sky Moore, Richie James area of the wide receiver room. I'll call them the other guys, if you will. Um, and here's some numbers MVS 21 catches for 315 yards and a touchdown. Kadarius Tony 27 catches 169 yards and a touchdown. Sky Moore 21 catches 244. And a score, uh, Richie James, 10 catches, 114, no touchdowns. It just feels like that is the area where there's going to be the most turnover this offseason, where Brent Beach tries to figure out what this unit will be for years to come. Yeah, I, I think you're going to see a scenario where he looks for an established veteran in free agency or even a trade, like a guys like, uh, you know, your Keenan Allens, your Mike Williams, maybe even a DeAndre Hopkins, maybe spin that block once again. And then you're probably going to draft two guys. I think you're going to draft one high, either first or second round, then a flyer guy like in the fourth or fifth round. I I think they're going to bring in at least three to four new receivers next year that have a good chance of being part of this rotation. I think the only – I think the only guy for sure you could say is going to be back is – uh, Rasheed Rice, probably uh, Justin Watson as well, because he signed a two-year contract and he's so cheap, and he has shown some ability down the field. And Mahomes obviously likes him. So you I don't think Sam Moore will be back next year? Well, yeah, yeah. I was thinking about the guys that are like playing right now. I was not thinking oh, okay. about the, in, the injured guys, but yeah, looking for the whole room as a whole. I think the three guys, yeah, those are the three guys for sure. I think will be back is uh, yeah, Sky Moore, Rasheed Rice, and Justin Watson. Serta says uh, FAU will be 22 in two weeks. What oh, were you old. doing when you were 22? He's old. <laughs> what, were, what were you doing when you were 22? I think oh, I was man. drinking like absolute vodka and just puking, embarrassing myself in a college somewhere. Yeah, I don't want to think about me at 22. <laughs> it's a family show, man. It's a family show. <laughs> We got to we got to find some old Mark Gunnels posts on it on X for me. Oh man! 
I don't know why I said this was the good, the bad, the ugly. I messed up with that because we're finishing with Mahomes, Kelsey, and Rice in season totals, and that was the best. That was the best part of the offense. That's the good stuff. If the Chiefs win a championship this year, like it's because of those guys. And Pacheco, you throw him in the mix too, as far as his regular season totals. And he was almost a thousand yard rusher this year. Isaiah Pacheco, two hundred five carries for nine hundred thirty five yards. And seven scores. He realistically could have broke a thousand yards had he played in the last game. What do you think of Kelsey sitting out saying it was selfish? I agree. I agree. Ooh, with wait. So if, if that if, if that is selfish and him sitting out was selfless, why are we celebrating Chris Jones did? Well, here's the thing. With Chris money Jones, on the line. It, yeah, there wasn't no money on the line for Travis Kelsey. That was just a accolade to continue a, a streak of a thousand yards yeah and i think he i think he knows that he needed the rest too because he we had know, the extra we, we never talk about the extra game either we we got to we got to just bypass the extra game because like some of those earlier thousand yard years were were 17 game seasons right yeah, but he missed the first game of this year. He would have yeah. already had it if he played against Detroit. Yeah. So, I and mean, also, Canarius Tony lined up in Missouri instead of Kansas. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy to think about. It is ugly just aesthetically, like looking at his like career stats now, and you don't see that thousand next to like 2023. Like it does, like kind of bother me a little bit. But I mean, it is what it is. I'd much rather him be well rested. He's been banged up all year. I think out of anybody, like I said, he needed that week off the most. So I expect to see a very refreshed Travis Kelsey this Saturday. 93 catches, 984 receiving yards is what he finishes with. With only five receiving touchdowns, I think he had 14 last year. I could have saw that coming. We warned you about that in our fantasy preview <laughs> segment. I, I, I like – I need I need a little bit of credit and a little bit of flowers on that because you do you do there there was a regression coming there. He had the big four touchdown game last year, and uh, I don't want to think about what this offense would be like without him or uh, a diminished version of him going forward. Patrick Mahomes' numbers for the regular season in 2023: uh, 4,183 passing yards, 27 touchdowns, with 14 interceptions. Uh, with a pass rating of 92 He's points. washed. <laughs> <laughs> and if you add in the rushing yards, because he was also Kansas City's second leading rusher, Isaiah Pacheco had 935 yards on the ground. Patrick Mahomes, 389 yards on the ground, the longest of them being a 25-yard run. Look, man. That's, you, a career, that's, a career, that's a career high for him, by the way, too, for rushing yards in the season. What do you uh you chirp back and say he's washed? Do you, do you think people think this is a bad year for Mahomes? Yeah, of course they think it's a it was a bad year for Mahomes because he set the standards so high. I mean, if this was just any other quarterback and they had those numbers and putting in mind that he set out the last games, that's at least another you can at least say another two fifty yards, maybe another two or three touchdowns. Fair, right? Sure. So, yeah. Sure. So he could have got the thirty. So I mean. Yeah, sure. For him, it was a down year, but the drops, I mean, come on. They led the league in drops. I think they ended at 40 in the games that he played, 
40 drops. Yeah, the drop season. number is the, that stat has been floated around because no, who tracks drops? Like the league doesn't have an official no, drop. There's, there's um there's some no, they incredible don't. sites that, that track drops. Every broadcast has their own drop number. I think CBS this week ran it as 40, but I think last week they ran it as 40 as well because it was 40 halfway through the game. And then MVS dropped another one in the second half. But it's like, what is a droppable ball? Like, I think it's a 40-ish number. We could we could root. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. What's in that ballpark? I, I feel comfortable saying they led the league in drops. How about that? <laughs> we can say that, right? <laughs> the yeah. year belonged to Rasheed Rice, man, the regular season, especially. And his final stat line for the, for the first 18, especially when you consider these guys only played so many games in college. Extremely impressive. 79 catches. 938 yards uh, with seven touchdowns in the long 67-yard reception. They are only going to go in as far in this postseason as Rasheed Rice takes them, Mark Gunnels. I push back on that. I Come on, on, man. <laughs> who? Who? Really Who's do. doing it? Because this team can still run the football. And they, they're, they have the offensive line built to push grown men against their will. And especially this week, I know we're going to get into it. You're going against a very, very, very depleted defensive team in Miami, especially up front. I, I think you could run the ball, and it sets up things for everybody else. I, I do think there is a pathway where McCole Hartman is a difference maker in the playoffs. I think last week showed us that. I know it was against the Chargers. I understand that. But still, just that big playability, you know, his longest catch, well, it was a lot of yak on it. He ended up for like 37 yards, I believe. So I, I, I'm not going to just say it's just all on Kelsey and Rice. I, I do think there are other guys that can contribute. I think Justin Watson can contribute as well. But mainly I'm talking about that running game. You also wanted to talk about, as we transition out of the regular season recap, kind of into some uh, loose items before we preview the wild card weekend. Mark Gunnell's out in L.A., Aaron Ladd here in Kansas City. Chiefs Coast to Coast episode 72. Uh, you're talking about KC's path to Vegas. You you love doing this. You love putting the the, the cart before the horse. You love, and this is I, I get you on this every time. You love looking ahead, counting your chickens before they hatch, whatever the old wives tell you want to use. Like, what's what's the path to the Super Bowl in Vegas this year for Kansas City? And why is it difficult in your opinion? Okay, so I'm gonna give you two different scenarios. Like I always like to do, I'm gonna give you what I think is gonna happen, and what is the consensus? What's the most likely thing to happen? So, so what things. you want to happen, and what's actually gonna happen? No, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> like I said, what I think is gonna happen, and then what right. what the odds say is gonna happen. So let's go with the odds, okay? So obviously you're playing Miami this week. We know that. Then more than likely, and I agree with this part. You're going to go to Buffalo for the divisional round because they're playing Pittsburgh without T.J. Watt. They're 10-point favorites. I, I don't see a world where Buffalo loses that game. Now, I know Josh Allen can be weird sometimes, and you never know what to expect. Stranger things have happened. So I'm not going to say it's just completely off the table, but I would have to lean Buffalo at, at Orchard Park against the Mason Rudolph-led Pittsburgh Steelers. So then you got that. You got the narrative all week. Mahomes' first road game in the playoffs, going to Orchard Park. You could hear it all week. I, I just that would be a fun week if we get there next week. So then after that, let's say you beat Buffalo. Let's let's live in this world right now. 
the consensus, the odds would say you're going to Baltimore for the AFC Championship game. This is where I disagree. I think there's a pathway where you still host the AFC Championship game, Aaron. <laughs> and listen, listen to why I think this is going to happen. Why this happens. Okay, yeah. I got Cleveland going into Baltimore for the divisional round. Joe Flacco, re- Joe Flacco returns because they beat Houston this week. He returns to Baltimore because this is the week of like revenge. This is like the year of revenge games or like returns. Script writers went crazy. Yeah, you got Tyree coming to Kansas City. (laughs) You got Stafford going to Detroit. You got McCarthy against his old team, the Packers. So I think you're definitely going to get Joe Flacco next. Deshaun Watson going back against Houston. Yeah, even though he's not playing, he'll still be in the building. I think. And then you're going to so it sets up perfectly to where you're going to have Joe Flacco leading the Cleveland Browns into Baltimore next week in the divisional round. And it's tough playing a division team in the playoffs, man. You know, they already played twice. They went one and one. Joe Flacco is playing hot right now. That's a tough matchup. And that defense in Cleveland is going to keep them in the game no matter who they play. So I really think, man, it's a world where Cleveland wins that game. And then you're hosting Cleveland for the AFC championship game in Arrowhead. Mark Gunnels is daydreaming on episode 72 of Chiefs Coast to Coast. <laughs> I got one more note before we get into our Chiefs preview, and it's about the 2024 schedule. We now know the Chiefs opponents looking ahead to next year. We don't know the order that they'll be played in, but now that we know how each team finished in their division and how the schedule makers make We're going schedule, to your city. We're going to Atlanta, baby. We, we know the opponents. Here they are. The Chiefs' home opponents, of course, in the AFC West, the Broncos, Chargers, and Raiders. But then it gets fun. Ravens, Bengals, Saints, Buccaneers, Texans as home opponents coming to Arrowhead. No international game. Remember, Casey had the one fewer home game this year. You'll get that one back. Of those, I really like Lamar coming in. I mean, the Bengals one, is, you circle that one every year now. Um, that just seems to be like an every year type of, of thing. Yeah. but. Lamar possibly, I mean, we don't know how it's going to shake up, but possibly coming off an MVP, Super Bowl MVP, Super Bowl year, kind of like Mahomes had last year. Those are the guys that the the next generation of quarterback when we talk about Brady and Manning and that kind of thing. That would be that would be fun as far as the home opponents, the away opponents, as you mentioned. Going to the A, the, the Falcons, Panthers, Browns, Broncos, Raiders, Chargers, Bills once again. 49ers and then the Pittsburgh Steelers that is by no stretch uh an, an easy schedule for the Kansas City Chiefs next year Mark Gunnels yeah but how many times have you been here well it's not an easy schedule and then teams aren't as good as you think they're gonna be and you know how the NFL is man so I, I don't get too wrapped up into that stuff anymore but uh I will say I don't know if you're familiar Aaron but there's a big group of Kansas City people out there that are very popular in the Kansas City scene, entertainment and stuff like that. Every year they pick a city for the takeover. Okay. Definitely going to be Atlanta next year, 100%. Hey, can't (laughs) wait. That would be dope. That's that's something that's not always on the schedule. And when I think back to Chiefs-Falcons, I think not only of the recent matchup, where I think Raheem Morris was the interim coach for the Falcons and Youngway Koo missed the kick. There's also the Eric Berry pick two and 
Uh, of course, we got we shared Tony Gonzalez, so that's a real fun matchup. And just and just a quick note here: your your next head coach will be Bill Belichick. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Let's go to our Chiefs. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. You can't do this. You can't escape. You can't make these plays. You can't make these throws. Come on, give us a sneak preview. Chiefs preview. Wow, I, I don't I don't get this with Chiefs Kingdom. Y'all gotta like y'all so spicy, man. Like Kingdom Queens chimed in in the chat. Y'all can have Tony G. Why did like did he say something? I think he might have said something once, and everybody got rubbed the wrong way about him being yeah. Because he mean, basically I, he, he claimed the Falcons over the Chiefs when he spent obviously the best years of his career were in Kansas City. It's very rare when you can say a player went to Atlanta and like won more. Like they went, like they they got their ring or they got their success. He didn't get a ring, obviously, but they got, they got their success in, in the like. Uh, I'm like ring chasing Atlanta. Like that's a very new, that's a very new concept. That is true. All right, Chiefs Dolphins Wild Card Weekend, Super Wild Card Weekend. I think it's called. We got to stop calling it Wild Card Weekend. Twelve of the fourteen teams are playing. Like it's no longer. <laughs> Wild card weekend. It's just the first round of the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, man. Dude. First of all, before we get into the you know the game, what is going to be Aaron Ladd's attire for the weather this week? I am dressing like I'm going hoodie and like hurricane pants. Like I'm not even actually dressing to like look good. Like 41 <laughs> has like a big red coat what we call it like the, the uh, fire engine red coats with the hat like i'm wearing team issue gear i'm you not agree, you I, I'm, it up this week. Uh, I'm trying i'm going for maximum warmth here as i mentioned he's not doing it for the gram. absolutely ridiculous i'm not trying to dress for the gram for this one no <laughs> that's hilarious i got a lot of messages this week about the peacock game man yeah is that, is that the route you're going you're gonna to have to go? Yeah, I'm about to get my uh, $5.99 subscription here pretty soon. But people have to understand, this is the new NFL. They're going to keep doing this. And say whatever you want. There's no coincidence of why they picked the Chiefs for this game. It nothing Duh. to do with, But no, <laughs> but, but you know, I don't, think you, I don't think you know what I'm about to say, though. Maybe you do. It's the Taylor Swift pack, Taylor Swift factor. I think that's part of it, but I don't think that that's like, okay, so like at a very base level, live sports is the only appointment television that's left. Like everything else is streaming and on demand. Like everything else is basically on a, uh, a premium service or whatever. And the NFL is the most premium of the premium live sports packages. Like, they are going yeah. to start selling these things off one at a time, whether it's Apple TV, whether it's Amazon, like this is going to continue to happen to your point. I am not surprised they picked the Chiefs at all because they're also the defending champs, Mark. Like they, yes, Taylor Swift is a factor, but like 
they are the team that, I mean, they don't get flexed out. It, it was extremely rare for them to get flexed out, and it took a terrible New England team for that to even happen. Yeah, 100%. But, you know, obviously there's a lot of different things that go into it, but if they wanted to pick, like, the biggest team brand, they could have did the Cowboys. The Cowboys are a well, bigger brand than the Chiefs. I thought there was like an order. There's like an order in the way these, and there's people but, who do. But I know, like, that. I'm not sure how it works because I think like Fox has rights or something to the NFC, or yeah. I'm not exactly sure how that works because I just saw Tony Romo and them doing a, a NFC game, the Packers and Bears. That's normally a Fox game, so I don't know what these things mean anymore. I thought Fox was NFC, CBS was ABC. I don't know anymore. <laughs> But yeah, there's a pecking order to that. But I want to fill in our local audience because this is an extremely important company man update for you all. Here from KSHB 41 sports reporter Aaron Ladd. I just want to make sure if you're here in the Kansas City area that you know if you currently get KSHB 41 through your cable provider or some kind of other streaming service, you will be able to watch that game here locally. On 41, the normal way you do. Now, if you are out of market, if you are Mark Gunnels living in L.A., if you are somewhere else, you will have to use Peacock to see the game. Mark Gunnels, you have $5.99 to spare. If not, ask Mav. Mav has $5.99 that he can give you because it looked like he just went crazy. I'm sure there's some people in the chat that can hook you up with a link. I don't want to say what the links are, what the sites are, because I don't want to get them shut down. But I'm sure there's a way you can get a link. I went over to my cousin's house this past Thanksgiving. And he had his MacBook hooked up to the HDMI cord to the TV, and it was from one of those links. Those links still work. Well, actually, depending on how I'm feeling, I'm not exactly sure yet. But there's a Chiefs bar out here in L.A. Oh, I've been to a couple of times. Pretty good vibe, man. The people that own it are actually from Kansas City. It's on like Studio City, like the Valley area out here, about 30 minutes away from me. So I might check the game out there. Well, you got to find somewhere warm to watch this one because it might be one of the coldest NFL games ever. Expected to be around zero degrees Fahrenheit with a low. <laughs> West Perry does a lot of great work for 41, and he posted on X Saturday could be the third coldest game in Chiefs history, tailgating at 10 degrees with a wind chill of negative nine, going home with a wind chill of negative 15. It's going to be frigid. And the Dolphins' numbers in cold games – are not good. Two has never won a game uh, below 50 degrees, I believe, was the stat. I know there's some more uh, specific information that digs in, but they are a warm weather team, Mark Gunnels. This yeah. is, is a this is a an environment that benefits the Kansas City Chiefs at home, and this is why you it pays to have home field advantage in the wild card round. And this is why, for all you people out there. Let's get a dome. Let's get a retractable roof. Why would we want Mahomes to play in these conditions? He should play. No, he can. He said he's a snow guy. He likes this thing, even though he's from Texas. But another stat, the Miami Dolphins in their last 10 games, 40 or below, they're 0-10. And this is going to be well below 40 degrees. And Well below. Well below. And, <laughs> well. and this is a real thing. You know, I think people may think it's overblown. And, you know, these guys are professionals. And they're not even from Miami. Like, because everybody on the team is obviously not from Miami. I'm like, 95% of them are probably not from Miami, right? But the thing is, and I noticed very well, 
because I moved out here to LA six years ago. When you move to a different climate and you're living that climate, your body adjusts to that climate. So, like to me, 50 degrees in LA feels cold. But people back at home would be like, oh, you're just being spoiled. You're crazy. I'm telling you, if you live out here, not just visit for a couple of days, because you'd be like, oh, I'm still feels good. You trust me, that ocean front, bro, it, it gets cold when it's like 40 degrees at night out here. And that's what I'm saying with Miami. Your body's so used to 70 degrees. I'm looking right now on my phone, Aaron. The temperature right now in Miami. What time is it in Miami? It's 726. It is 75 degrees in Miami right now. We got snow on the ground out here. It's, 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 it's Arctic air coming. 75 Arctic degrees. air coming. Andy Reid was asked on Tuesday from the podium about the, the temperatures and how his team is preparing. This is what he had to say. I think you bank on all that. I, that's where you get into trouble. Uh, the guys are pretty resilient. And uh, so you, you get you get yourself ready. And um, if it works out that way for you or whatever, I don't know how to I don't know how to uh, quantify that, um, you know, so uh, I just say get ready for the game. Let, let's do that. I don't really care what goes on out here. Um, yeah, we're not having a snowball fight. <laughs> Andy is a no-nonsense guy, especially this time of year. You're not going to hear him making any excuses about the weather. Absolutely not. And back to my point as well, not only is it going to be super cold and Miami's not used to that, they're limping into the playoffs, Aaron. Yeah. They, they've lost their last two games. The first one blowout fashion 56 to 19 at baltimore then you lose the buffalo with the division on the line at one point they had a three game lead aaron in the division a three game lead to go from potentially being the two seed to now the six seed now you got to go to arrowhead in one of the coldest games like you said and potentially in nfl history and your quarterback <laughs> your quarterback He's not known for having the strongest arm. And I, I, I think that matters in elements like this. You know, and they're depleted defensively. I mean, they have like five starters that are not or that are out for this game on the defense side of the ball. You know, Tyreek Hill's limping. Waddle didn't play last week. He's expected to play this week, but he's not going to be 100%. Mustard didn't play last week. Not Did you say Mustard? You called uh, him mustard? I did say mustard, didn't I? <laughs> you called him mustard. Sir to Clifton. <laughs> oh, man. That was crazy. Raheem mustard. <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> you know, when I said it, I was hoping, I hoping you, you didn't catch that. I was like, I hope Aaron didn't catch on to that. I hope it just like kind of went by and he's going to let it go. But Raheem mustard. Yeah, you, catch, you catch everything, man. <laughs> Yes, Raheem Mustard has been a threat. But look, man, like I, I got the signings here because they did, as you mentioned, they were depleted, went out and made some moves. D-Mac even made a joke about it and said, hey, they, they got half the old Chiefs D-linemen signing Justin Houston. They signed Bruce Irvin as well, Jerome Baker, Cameron Good, Andrew Van Ginkle, all placed on injured reserve today for the Miami Dolphins. They're banged up. And they're a team that really was banking on winning the division. I mean, they were at home in a game that they probably should have one, but Tua didn't show up when the lights were bright, and they gave up a special teams touchdown. 
it was uh it was it was it was a tough showing for them but i i can't count them out i can't count i can't count out anybody out again against kc right now i i, I really can't let, let, let's not give our predictions just yet we we're, we're kind of going slow i want to speed through a little bit later let, we, we haven't talked tyreek yet uh who is obviously making his return but let's put a bow on the injuries with the Tuesday injury report. Remember, this is an early week game on Saturday. It'll be bar- dark Friday, but practicing Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. For Kansas City, it was Wanye Morris and Justin Ross says do not practices. Wanye is still in the concussion protocol, which is notice is which is noteworthy. Excuse me, because Donovan Smith is now back. He was a limited participant on uh, Tuesday, dealing with the neck issue. I think it's a stinger or like a nerve issue, from what I've heard. Uh, we've seen him practice before, and Pete kind of pointed this out on on X. Let's be patient with him, but this is something that we're going to be monitoring going into this matchup. If Miami has injury concerns on the defensive side, Mark, this left tackle position kind of being in flux headed into this game is, is something to monitor. Yeah, for sure. And you, you know, I don't think Hawaii is going to get cleared in time with the game being on Saturday. That's why I was kind of hoping it was a Sunday or Monday game to give him an extra day or two. But if you get Donovan Smith back, your original starter at left tackle, then you're fine. And let's say he doesn't play. I, I still think you can do a little shuffling there and maybe get away with it this week because we did see I like think, Creed play guard in that yeah. Chargers game. And we like we've seen them do some shuffling. There's a world where you could put Tooney at left tackle. He's played there a little bit in spot duty. I mean, I, if there's any week where you can get away with it, I think it is this week when you got a team that is signing 40 year old edge rushers. So, I mean, I'm just saying. So, I, I don't think it's that dire this, this week. But, obviously, you would like to have Donovan Smith if you can have him out there. So, we'll see if he practices throughout the rest of the week. Because he did practice one day last week the, the beginning. And then, after that, he was a no-show. So, we'll see. Finally, last but not least, before we get to Vegas, we're having some fun here on our Wild Card Preview episode. Tyreek Hill making his first return. To GEHA Field at Arrowhead Stadium. This is a game I immediately, when we found out what this was, because it was down to the last game, what the scenarios were going to be. There was even a chance of a tie, possibly. But finally, once the dust settled, I posted, we won. And, and I think we won as like an audience. We won as like a, a football fan perspective. Obviously, I cover the team, but like I still wanted to see this storyline come to life. This is a guy who has a huge personality, larger than life. This was a team that we're going to look back in the history books and say, Mark, Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill were on the same team and Patrick Mahomes was their quarterback. Like <laughs> we we are we are getting that again. We're getting all the trash talk, the Kansas City, you know what's and all that it needed to be said. And I don't want to be taken to Joe's barbecue. And he played nice in Germany. I think that that is what I like also about this is that they already played. This isn't his first time playing the Chiefs. They already yeah. matched up. Kansas City already faced him, and they they showed him the initial game plan. But now there's the stakes of win or go home. Now there's the stakes of this is your second year in a row where we won a Super Bowl without you last year, and now we're about to possibly send you home again, and you had all that stuff to say after we traded you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, a lot of stake for Tyreek Hill's ego, to say the least. I mean, talk about a long offseason that would be to go 0-2. And then for the second game to be the one to send you home against the Kansas City Chiefs, I mean, that would be 
ultimate stab at his ego, to say the least. I think a lot would have to be said after that. Uh, but <laughs> I, I see what you did there. Yeah, you like that, don't you? <laughs> but uh, I'm curious to see. Uh, speaking of things to be said, I don't think he talked to the media today. I didn't see any quotes or anything. I wonder will he like keep it cool throughout the week, or will he say some things? The extra bulletin board material. I'm kind of leaning towards the where he's going to actually play a cool this week. I don't see him like going out of his body this week and he didn't really say crazy. much in Germany. He didn't yeah. he didn't really. I mean, of course he was asked about it, but when Tyreek wants to play the game, he can play the game. Yeah, and when he yeah. wants to make waves, he'll make waves. He yeah. knows that anytime he wants to say stuff about the Chiefs, it'll it'll make some noise. He'll say it on a certain platform. But when he wants to just keep it easy and, and let the focus be on the team, he can do that as well. Yeah, and I think a part of it also is a lack of confidence in his team right now. I don't think Tyreek fully maybe believes that they can win this game. Like, I mean, I'm sure he'll say, you know, of course they're going to say it to the media if they ask him, right? But I think deep down, he doesn't probably have full confidence they can come out and win this game. So why make a fool out of myself throughout the week and probably most likely going home? I mean, you know, he walked off the field against Buffalo, didn't shake anybody's hands. Uh, you know, he's kind of limping away. Tua through that crazy pick. I don't know what he saw on that play at all. You know, you're starting to see a little frustration from Tyreek in the last few weeks or so. So I don't know, man. Uh, it just seems like they're trending in a really bad direction with, you know, the, the Tua talk. Do you do you pay him? Do you, do you keep him around as your franchise guy? You know, to the injuries, to Mike McDaniel, his situational play calling. And one thing, too. Um, you know, did you know Tua? Not Tua. Do you know Tyreek is one of three receivers in the league to have double-digit drops this year? For as great mm -hmm. as he's been, obviously he has a lot of targets, so more chances to drop passes. To be fair, to add context, but still, he's one of three receivers in the league this year to have double-digit drops on the season. Well, once a chief, always a chief. <laughs> Let's go to Vegas. <laughs> Place your bets. Oh, there it is. There it is. Two touchdowns. Win by Elite Church. Let's go to Vegas with Mark. I had a light week last week. Yeah, you kind of cheesed the system. <laughs> you kind of cheesed the system. We need to get you some morale boost weeks. Mark only had one play last week. The Chiefs were three-point underdogs, so he took the Chiefs plus three, and that was a win. Easy. Chiefs won 13-12, so it was a 1-0 week for Mark Gunnels. We also recorded at a different time. They weren't all player props out. Do you have, do you have a full spread this week, full I slate, do. three picks? I'm good to go. Uh, I won't even say your season total, just out of respect for, you know, you and, <laughs> and our audience knows. If, if y'all listen to us, y'all know. <laughs> y'all know. Mark's got three more plays ahead of wild card weekend. Take it away. All right, let's start off with the guy we were just talking about, Tyreek Hill, taking his under on receiving yards. This is way too high for me. 85 and a half, Aaron. They got him down. You know, obviously, that's respect with Tyreek on his year. At one point, he was on pace for 2,000 yards. But I don't think they're accounting for the fact that the Chiefs locked down number one receivers. That's what they do. And not to mention the elements that you're going to be playing in and the freezing cold. 85 and a half seems a lot to me. So I love the under there. Other two plays. 
I'm taking the under on the total points scored in this game. Right now, it's at 44 even. That's way too many points. There, there's no way. You got the Chiefs that were the second best as far as points allowed defensively. And while the Dolphins' defense is banged up, the Chiefs' offense doesn't give you confidence to score 30 or something crazy like that, especially in these conditions. So I think you're looking at a, you know, like a 20 to 10 type game, 23 to 13-ish, 23 to 16 type of game. So 44 is just way too many points to me. And then my last play, Chiefs cover the spread. Chiefs minus, minus four. I think the Chiefs win this game at least a touchdown. Miami's too banged up defensively. I think the Chiefs better run the ball on them. I think their defense will get after Tua. I can see them causing a turnover or two. Uh, with these conditions, with how they've been getting after it. Mike Edwards has been making plays defensively. So I love that a lot, man. So I feel really good about my play. I think you're going to like my plays this week too, actually. I think you kind of like them. So I got Tyreek under his receiving yards at, what did I have? Was it 85 and a half? Yeah, 85 and a half. half. Tyreek under 85 and a half receiving yards. The under on the total points at 44 and the Chiefs minus four. Just for a point of reference, Tyreek Hill had eight receptions for 62 yards in the Chiefs' Week 9 win over the Miami Dolphins in Frankfurt, Germany. I do like this slate from you. It's actually very well-informed. I always see low scoring when I see Chiefs wins this year. Kyle Brandt on Good Morning Football kind of made some noise talking about the easy way to beat the Chiefs and score 30 points. Kind of has a point there. Uh, so I don't I don't hate this play from you at all, and uh, hopefully we'll be back next week and dissecting another three and zero week for Mark Gunnels. The voicemail line was hot this last two this last week. We got two voicemails. Want to get to those before we get out of here? Sort of the first one that let's get to is about the the road playoffs. Let's go, Chief. Let's see if we can get a playoff victory on the road. First time in Patty Mahomes' career. I think it is possible to be done, even despite of the wide receiver woe. I think we have enough talent to make up for it on the D with a victory. But let's go, Chiefs. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. Appreciate the voicemail. Y'all never leave your names. It's hard to thank y'all when y'all don't leave names. But thank you for the voicemail. I mean, yeah. I- I would not feel confident going into to Orchard Park, but uh, if Kansas City has learned anything about themselves in the last two weeks, maybe they can start stringing together more positive results. But to me, the path for them is hold teams under 24 and score 24, <laughs> essentially. like that's, that's fair. And, you know, back to the Kyle Brandt thing real quick. He said it like as if that was like a normal thing, though. The Chiefs don't give up 30 points. Like, that was like like – I don't know. That was like a weird take to me. <laughs> like, like it's just an easy thing to do. Like, yeah, let's score 30 points on him. I mean, if that was so easy, everybody should do I it. I think right? he was just responding more so to would it be shocking? Because I don't think like I would not be shocked if the Chiefs lost this game. I, I don't think you could be shocked if the no, Chiefs but, lost this but game but because of what they've shown us. Probably shocked if Miami scored 30, though. Yes. Nope. Now that would be it would be more shocking if a team boat raced them out of the building. Yes, yeah. that would be more shocking. But them losing, I mean, no, they've shown the propensity to lose to anybody. The Raiders came in and Aiden O'Connell didn't complete a pass for the last three quarters. And they like, come on, it, it wouldn't yeah. be shocking. No, I, yeah, I, I, I hear what I you're agree. saying. I agree with that. Would it be shocking if they beat Buffalo next week to, to our voicemailers point? Would it be shocking if they 
If they no. went into Buffalo and won? No. I think both those teams are kind of like a splitting image of each other. <laughs> like, Buffalo beats themselves a lot with Josh Allen and the boneheaded turnovers he makes and the Chiefs with the penalties and, and you know, drop passes. So, I, I think – I mean, obviously, I think they should probably be favored because they're at home. But if it was a neutral site game, I think that's pretty much a pick em. I'll be honest. I can see the Chiefs winning one playoff game on the road this year, but two is where it starts. You start to lose. Man. That's why I said they're going to host Cleveland in the AFC Championship game. <laughs> Our second voicemail is about the Chiefs wide receiver room. I just want to say, put McCall Hardman at wide receiver three. He is on fire. You know what his capability is. He was already wide receiver two behind Tyree Kill. So Ben, Sedarius, Tony, McCall Hardman, wide receiver three. Wide receiver four, Richie James, wide receiver five, Justin Ross. But please, put McCall Harlan at wide receiver two or three. Always thankful for the voicemails. It sounds like this was somebody who was at Mav's birthday party. Oh, hey, that was <laughs> Shout out to the kid, man. That was not a bad – that wasn't a bad take, man. He got a Cody at wide receiver three wasn't a bad take. I thought he said McCall Hartman. No, he said McCall Hartman. He said McCall Hartman. He said McCall Hartman. Yeah, he said McCall Hartman. Yeah, all right, react, react to the to the to the take. Then the voicemail. I mean, I already advocated for McCole Hartman, you know, to get him more snaps. I, I think what you saw last week is something we haven't really seen this year—a guy that can catch a ball and get explosive down the field. I mean, besides Rasheed Rice, so I, I don't see the harm in that. And like we said before, he's familiar with the system. Him and Mahomes have some some sort of connection. Obviously, you know, sometimes it has been off right in the past, but I, I think where where your room is it right now. You know, with, you know, KT not playing the last three or four weeks, I think we kind of agree that he's probably not playing the rest of the year. You know, obviously, Sky Moore's in the IR. Uh, Justin Ross is just not going to be a big part of this offense this year. We just got to accept that. So I, I think there's a golden opportunity for McCole Hartman to be one of those top three receivers. Let's get out of here, man. I'm scrolling through the chat one last time. We addressed Justin Ross. DMAC, you're about to get blocked talking about Tony Gonzalez <laughs> in the ring in Atlanta as if that would ever happen. 28 to 3 odds. Y'all gonna <laughs> stop playing with y'all gonna stop playing with me one day. Y'all really on, real, real quick though, real quick, because you kind of like shot down my Belichick to Atlanta. Who do you want the Falcons coach to be? I don't know. The Falcons have had two winning seasons in the last 11 years. I'm tortured. I don't I don't, I don't care. I, I really don't. I'm not excited by a, a new head coaching hire anymore. Win games, win the division, win a crappy division, win the crappiest division in the National Football League. Like it's not uh, that hard. I think you guys are going to trade for Justin Fields. And then give him a new contract on top of that? Yeah. <laughs> What's your score prediction this Saturday, man? Uh, Chiefs win close. I think four is actually like right, right on it. I could see them winning by four, actually. I got Chiefs like 24 to 13. Longer pod. Don't say we ain't never done anything nice for you. Episode 72. We'll be back next week regardless, win or loss, and then we'll update the recording schedule from there. In the meantime, stay safe. If you're out in KC, stay warm. Love y'all. We'll see y'all on the other side. For Mark Gunnels out in L.A., Steven Serta behind the board, Aaron Ladd, Coast to Coast Boys. We out.
Hey there, it's Pete Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride, and I'm excited to announce a new element of the Arrowhead Pride experience for diehard Chiefs fans. It's our brand new newsletter, Arrowhead Pride Premier. Arrowhead Pride Premier is a newsletter delivered to your inbox twice a week from me. For $50, you'll get an annual subscription packed with insider coverage from yours truly and new in-depth analysis from voices around Kansas City. It's all about what I'm seeing and hearing around the team. During the season, we'll deliver a newsletter ahead of each game to get ready for Sunday and a newsletter after after each game to unpack exactly what happened. Subscribe to Arrowhead Pride Premiere today at arrowheadpride.com slash subscribe.